0: Everybody, welcome back to the Back Builders podcast episode, I think, 48 or something like that. Um, I actually just got back from Las Vegas and it is so freaking hot there. I actually, there was times where I'd go outside. It, it gave me, like, I'm not even joking, it reminded me of Afghanistan, except it wasn't as humid. In Afghanistan, it was so incredibly hot. I have this very specific memory I was at Jalalabad Airfield and I was just coming out of my barracks room and I had to be in full kit. I don't remember why, um, but I had to be in full kit. So I had my ACH on, I had my plates, I had my um, mags, like everything, my assault pack, probably even my ruck and obviously my weapon. So I have a good 60, 70, maybe 80 pounds of gear on. And I walk outside of my room and I just immediately gagged because it was so hot and humid. And it doesn't help that In Afghanistan and Jalalabad, if you're at a certain side of the base by the uh, airfield, you're by the sewage treatment facility. So not only is it 122 degrees, probably more than I want to say it was like twenty, 126. It was 90 plus percent humidity, but you also had the smell of Afghan shit near you. So I walked outside and I just got hit with all that at once and I gagged. And it reminded me of that in Las Vegas, but it was 122 degrees in Vegas and just incredibly hot. I was... Dying the whole time I was there for the last four days. I was there from Monday to Thursday, and um, I was watching these people who would walk around Las Vegas, especially like bums. I don't know what it is about bums. I guess they're protecting themselves from the sun, but still, Jesus Christ! They'd be walking and they'd be in long sleeve shirts and like jeans and boots, and I'm sitting here in shorts and a tank top, flip flops, just freaking dying. I'm like, how are you? Do you just acclimate to the heat that much or are you just that like <laughs> unaware of heat strokes and stuff like that? But um, just got back from Vegas literally last night um, and then actually, no, I got back at like the evening and then I had a good evening out. I went up to my um, my shrine up in the mountains. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I have a shrine up there now. It's just a place where I go to just kind of relax and, and get to my um, and, and relax by myself. But other than it was not a bad trip, I really wanted to get back and record again because, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I've recorded my last episode, and I've been reading Warhammer 40K. I know I talk about this every single time. If you guys don't know what Warhammer 40K is, a couple of things: one, it's a science fiction series with like 48 books, something like that. it's absolutely insane. Um, two, if you're interested in that, you should read it. Now. A lot of people here, here's what a lot of people say about science fiction in general. They say that science fiction is just garbage books. It's like no different than just garbage TV. You're just wasting your time. But I don't know. I've learned a lot of lessons from science fiction books in general. Um, and in the Warhammer series. So like, let me give you a perfect example. Starship troopers quote. So this is a science fiction book written by a veteran, Right. So this book is obviously completely made up. Like none of this ever happened. This is just this is just a book that a guy wrote about about science fiction and the stars and aliens and stuff like that. But you have to remember that science fiction books are written by humans, and all of these writings always have lessons in it. Right. So I'm gonna read some of the Warhammer, uh, or sorry, the Starship Troopers books, and uh, l- let me read this. Liberty is never unalienable. It must be redeemed regularly with the blood of patriots, or it always vanishes. Of all the so-called natural human rights that have ever been invented, liberty is least likely to be cheap and is never free of cost. This is a science fiction book. This is why I always laugh at people who are like, why are you reading uh, Warhammer 40k? Or why are you reading science fiction? You're not going to learn. That's just junk. You need to read something. Listen to that quote. He's literally talking about how liberty is... So hard to obtain, and it's so expensive, and the cost is never free because the cost of liberty, liberty is always bloodshed and violence. And then just another quote: violence, naked force, has settled more issues in history than any other factor. Another one: there is no dangerous weapons; there are only dangerous men. Like those are the kind of quotes that you're getting from science. Now, is there science fiction books out there that are just complete garbage and you're not getting anything from it? Yeah, probably, but. But I've actually learned a lot from science fiction books. Um, let's just go into some Warhammer 40k quotes. Warhammer 40k quotes. I'm on Goodreads right now. Um, just let you know. Come on, man. Warhammer 40k quotes. Um, let Okay, so this is one of my most favorite quotes. This is from the Imperial Guard. Only in death does duty end. Like, that stuck with me, honestly. Only in death does... I actually posted about that. Another one. I embrace death death without regret as I have embraced life without fear. Are you kidding me? That's so freaking good. I embraced death without regret. And I have embraced life without fear. So, that basically means, like, he's just living in the moment. Like, he's so... He's so okay with the idea of death that he's now able to live a fear-free life um let's read another one here i'm gonna get i'm kind of getting off topic here but it's okay look not to the shame of the past but forward to the glory of the future this is a science fiction book i haven't even read these i haven't even read these quotes yet but sometimes i'll be reading warhammer 40k books i'm like holy shit that is actually genius Look not to the shame of the past, but forward to the glory of the future. That's so good. But anyway, so you guys know I've been reading like the Warhammer 40k books and stuff like that. And I talk about it regularly. And now you guys know, like, there's some really good lessons in there, you know, for, for young men, for anybody in general, because you have to remember science fiction books are written by men and these men have life experiences. And they probably, the, a lot of authors, they study philosophy and a lot of them are, especially the people who are like the Warhammer 40K series or the Starship Troopers are a lot of the times you'd be surprised at how many of them are veterans. And you'll be surprised at how many of them are combat veterans. Like, look at one of the greatest series of, of novels ever written. J.R. Tolkien's uh, The Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit. There's so many beautiful lessons in there. There's so many um, amazing representation of mythology and stuff like that. That dude was a World War One veteran. Who was like a infantryman or something during World War one. I can't remember, but I, I watched his movie about how he started creating the series with all of his brothers and how he served in combat and how he was traumatized and how certain traumas created certain beasts within his lore and stuff like that. And um, how he created the language and all that stuff. And that's science fiction. Like Lord of the Rings isn't real. Like none of that ever. I wish it was real. I wish the orcai were real. I wish I was a freaking wood elf. I wish, you know, I was a dwarf. Um, I guess we can be a dwarf in, in modern days, but uh, if, yeah. So it's like Lord of the Rings kind of raised me in a certain way. It taught me so much about honor. It taught me so much about glory, about brotherhood. And it's not, that's not the only thing, you know, but that's science fiction uh, or that's just fiction in general. So I'm on book five of the Warhammer series and I got Warhammer Five. Okay, I can't spoil this. I don't want to spoil this for you guys. But Fulgrim, he's a Primarch. He's like a really, really powerful demigod. On honestly, he's a demigod. They live for tens of thousands of years. They're pretty much unkillable. They have suit. So, they have so much power in the galaxy. It's actually mind blowing how strong and powerful these guys are. How much influence they have, and how much people are afraid of them how much damage they can do. And you know, they have like two hearts and multiple organs and they're immune to poison and they're technically immortal and um just crazy strong. They're like eight feet tall, a thousand pounds with all their gear on. And there's this Primarch. There's a lot of primarchs. There's like 20 of them, I think. But there's this Primarch and his name is Fulgrim. And Fulgrim is the Primarch of every every Primarch has their own little thing. Like um, Angron is like the the Primarch of just pure rage and brutality, and then you have like I forgot the name of the Imperial Fist Primarch, but he's like defense and turtling and you know sieging, and then you have like Horus, who is the god or like the the Primarch. He's the War Master. He's in charge of all the Primarchs, and you know he's like there's so many. They they all have their own things, and you have some who are like you know the the Primarch of of plague bearing, and then um. I'm pretty new to the Warhammer series, but you have like other Primarchs who can read minds and stuff like that. So Fulgrim is the Primarch of perfection. So he's always striving towards being perfect. Now in the Warhammer 40k series, obviously it mostly all revolves around war. However, Fulgrim is a Primarch of the arts. He's, he loves classical music he loves sculpturing he paints he paints himself like he literally is a painter though however he's not very good and that frustrates him but he always strives towards perfection and he always tells his soldiers that we must strive towards perfection and his art if you will his main form of art is warfare is battle is is uh tactical genius is slaying his enemies in in just with complete and total precision Now, I had to ask myself, Is these are the kind of things that Warhammer actually brings up, is these really good questions, is perfection even obtainable? Is it even possible to become perfect in anything? So then I immediately go to, okay, aesthetics, and I go to bodybuilding. Can you be perfect in aesthetics can your body be perfect if you're a bodybuilder especially aesthetics because because if you know anything about aesthetics bodybuilding it's all about symmetry it's all about muscle mass it's all about how how much of a greek god do you look like like literally if, if you look at the judges and what they judge in the aesthetics of bodybuilding, they judge the symmetry between your pectoral muscles, your left and your right one in alignment with how far up your neck, your traps go up to the striations in your deltoids up to the curvature of your biceps down to the you know the the width of your bo- uh, forearms compared like it's insane like these judges are judging essentially pieces of art sculptures that you've made yourself into but uh, being at a previous aesthetics bodybuilder myself i know that no matter how good you look to other people you <laughs> to yourself you're incomplete you are imperfect right but but somebody else can look at you and be like oh my god that man is just perfect look at his forearms Look at his look at his biceps, look at his traps, look at his chest, look at his back, his legs. oh my that guy's perfect. But you look at yourself and you see the process in which it took to get there, and you see oh, my left deltoids a little bit smaller than my right, or ah oh, God, like I've been really slacking on legs lately, so now my legs look kind of weird. you see the imperfections within yourself it's It's true. It gets down to that it gets down to that crazy. So I asked my audience, I asked them which I'll even, I'll pull up right now. I'll pull up what you guys actually just said. I actually held this on, uh, let's see, hold on. Uh, Seth is telling me he has a Glock 19 stock. Oh, should I get the Glock 19? So tempting. Okay, so I, this poll has only been up for 17 minutes now, but I asked my audience, is perfection obtainable? And we got 29% yes and 71% no. So somebody had a really good quote. This guy, NRA, I don't know if he listens to the to the podcast on uh, on Instagram, but he, he gave me a quote. He said, Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we will catch excellence. And that is by Vince Lombardi. Um, and I really like that, I really like that quote because Oops. Because in that quote, we're saying that perfection, you, you can't obtain perfection. Like it's actually physically impossible to or, or or mentally or spiritually impossible to actually obtain perfection. However, this is another thing that I got from Warhammer 40K is that Fulgram, the primarch of, per, of perfection, actually admits. He says that that perfection is not obtainable and he understands that the the essential god of perfection understands that perfection understands he understands that it's not obtainable however perfection is a process it's not a state because if we admit that perfection is unobtainable we can't admit that the process of becoming perfect in something is what we're really aiming for because you're never going to obtain perfection. However, you can obtain excellence, right? The illusion of perfection. And that's what we should all be striving for in whatever it is we're doing, whether it's arms, whether it's physique, um, weapons, you know, maybe you're building guitars or, or maybe your job or whatever. You're never going to be perfect. You're still going to make mistakes, right? You're still, there's always room for improvement, always room for improvement, whatever you're doing. You know, the best bodybuilders in the bodybuilders in the world know that there's always room for improvement. There's little twerks and little things that you can do. I no bodybuilder has ever looked at his body in the entire world because they've never looked at their body and said, Oh, I'm just perfect. I don't need to do anything anymore. I can just sit on my like, no. That never that never happens. They understand that there is always room for improvement no matter what. However, The process to obtaining perfection leads to excellence and excellence leads to mastery, right? Mastery. Mastery is not perfection. Mastery is obtainable, right? But no matter what you're doing in, no matter what you're doing, don't strive for perfection. Don't get mad when you're playing guitar and you're not perfect. Don't get mad when you're boxing and you're not perfect right strive for x ex- strive for perfection strive for it reach for it reach for it however understand that the process of obtaining perfection is where your money is going to be made the process of it uh, that's when you're going to reach excellence that's what i've realized there's been so many times where i take up a hobby or a craft or something like that and i'm like god I'm, I'm so mad that i can't obtain perfection in this that it actually just makes you want to quit It just makes you want to quit because you're like, I'm not perfect in this. And it's just, it's frustrating. I'm still making mistakes. I put so many hours into this. I've learned so much about this and that. And you always realize there's more, (laughs) there's more to accomplish, but you can obtain excellence and then you can obtain the illusion of perfection, right? Those around you, I'm going to go back to the bodybuilding reference, can think that you're perfect because they don't understand, uh, they don't understand the process in which it took for you to get there. Real quick, I'm going to read some quotes that I actually screenshotted from, um, I think this was from Fulgrim's Warhammer 40K. Okay, so so somebody brought this up. I don't know if this is even relevant right now, but let's see. So the Golden One actually wrote an article on perfection that, okay, so, so this is, Let's see. Okay. Going from the pursuit of perfection in all things to ultimate depravity isn't a journey anybody makes in one step. It's a series of small ones, each one justifiable in its own isolated way. But after you've taken a hundred steps of those small steps, you're a long way from where you were from the start. That's from Holgram. That's from the 40K series. So... So remember how I said perfection is uh, obtaining perfection is a process. Now, I, I'm not going to insult you guys' intelligence by saying you guys know that you're not going to become perfect overnight. But however, what you need to focus on is those tiny little micro steps. I've read a book one time where it's called moving the chain. And what you got to do is every single day when you're in your pursuit of per, per, uh, of perfection, you need to move the chain. You need to do one more thing. Once a day, that moves you towards your goal of of obtaining perfection, you know? So whatever that is, it doesn't matter. You can obtain perfection in literally anything. So that was one of the things that really brought me some, some peace. It really brought me some humility. And it made me realize that I will never be perfect in anything. However, however, you bet your ass that I'm going to strive for perfection. I know I'll never get there. I know I'll never get there. I know that I can always go one step further. No matter how good I think I am at anything, no matter how good I think I am at podcasting, at, at, at my army stuff, at being a drill or whatever, the moment I think I'm perfect is the moment that I'm doomed. Complacency. Complacency kills. There's a reason why we always said that in the army. Don't ever think that you're perfect. Don't ever think that you don't need to improve anymore. Always be humble and accept that you can always get better. If there's anything that you need to take away from this episode, it's this, you will never be perfect. Never. No matter how hard you try, you will never be perfect. However, in your pursuit for perfection, you can reach excellence. You can reach mastery. The moment that you think that you're perfect in literally anything is the moment that you're doomed. That has been my conclusion, and that has been something that I've been thinking about with perfection and stuff like that. We're here for a really short amount of time. I don't think there's anything wrong with um, pursuing aesthetics, pursuing perfection. Um, A lot of people want to tell us nowadays that the pursuit of perfection, whether it's in body, mind, or spirit, is a pursuit that the ego wants you to commit for its own satisfaction. I say, screw it. I say, pursue it. Pursue it. There's nothing wrong with it at all because there's going to become a day when we're really old, when we're in uh, unmobile, our bones hurt, our joints hurt, and we're going to wish that we would have pursued perfection more in our youth. Youth is the time to when we are supposed to be reaching perfection. Really? It is. There's no other time to do it. You think you're going to you think you're going to do it when you're 89 years old? You know, when when you realize that you you have severe arthritis and you can't sculpt anymore, that you can't paint anymore that you can't whittle anymore, like whatever it is. Now is the time to reach perfection. Don't wait. Don't wait. Perfection is fueled by mobility. It's fueled by youth. Take advantage of it. You guys have a fantastic Friday. I'll probably publish this episode tomorrow for the public. Remember, I have my Patreon. Just Google search Forest Munden and Patreon. And then also I have my Instagram, Munden underscore Forest. Unfortunately, my Snapchat got banned for whatever reason. I have no idea why. I haven't made a new one yet. But, anyways, you guys have a good weekend. Uh, keep getting it.